the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let them eat ice cream. Now, by now, you've probably seen the Republican uh, ad with Nancy Pelosi on late night TV several days ago, uh, showing everybody her collection of $12 pints of ice cream. And uh, they were stored in one of her $24,000 refrigerators that she has in her kitchen. It's intercut with uh, regular, the ad is, it's intercut with regular Americans who are struggling while they wait for her to prove uh, more stimulus money. And then it shows uh, Nancy looking at the ice cream and saying how wonderful it is. Well, Whoopi Goldberg and uh, Joy Behar defended it on The View today. So I want to point out that the ice cream she's talking about actually comes from a small business. I know that because I send this ice cream out to people. And she is one of the people that is fighting to make sure that small businesses are able to get the testing they need and the stuff that they need. So, Joy, you kind of feel like she's being scapegoated here? Of course. But I love that you just said that that's a small business. That's perfect. You know, the Democrats are, in fact, fighting for more funding for hospitals and as well as relief for small businesses, for minorities and veterans. OK, that's what the Democrats are fighting for. So this this is just another distraction. You know, OK, it doesn't look good, maybe. I mean, she's got an expensive refrigerator. Uh, uh, let's go to Trump Tower and see what kind of refrigerator he has, you know. But, but yesterday, Trump, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, he's bragging about how much people love him. In the middle of death and dying, this narcissist is talking about how beloved he is. You know, so when it comes to optics, Nancy's got nothing on on Donald. And may I just a little piece of advice to Nancy and all these Democrats. Don't go on comedy shows. They're traps. They're traps. They get you to say things there because you feel you're being funny. Leave it to the professionals and don't go on comedy shows. Come on our show. Well, no, do do go on. You have every right to say what's in your refrigerator. The man asked you, and there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Uh, They couldn't be any dumber. Uh, Nice try. Meanwhile, uh, President uh, Trump announced today that he's putting a stop to all immigration until this uh, coronavirus fiasco is under control. That, of course, got the expected reaction from most of the media. Here's uh, Cecilia Vega of ABC, for example. Since the outbreak, the White House has been using the virus to justify increased restrictions on immigration. They've basically been working up to this. A move like this, though, would be absolutely unprecedented and would essentially shut down the legal immigration system. And one thing is certain, this is definitely going to be challenged in court. Opponents are calling this xenophobic. This morning, the president's hardline immigration supporters, they are praising the move, but opponents are calling it xenophobic. She was able to say that twice, that opponents are calling it xenophobic. That's the trick that the media use. They say critics are critics say, which actually means I say. But uh, that's what she said. The, the, the opponents will uh, call it xenophobic. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk to the guy who put out the statement on that immigration uh, executive order. His name is Tim Murtaugh. He's the communications director of the Trump 2020 campaign. He's here every other Tuesday. He's coming up next. Stick around. As a business owner, you are in a difficult position today. Stay-at-home regulations, social distancing, and in some cases, extreme limitations on our individual liberties have caused small and medium businesses to question whether marketing during this time is the right thing to do. You are asking a lot of questions, and you're getting few, if any, answers. Salem Surround is here to help business owners during these challenging times. We're sponsoring free webinars April 22nd and 24th, featuring nationally known marketing and advertising experts, Borel & Associates, 
Named in the top 2% of worldwide consultants by Gerson Lehrman Group, they'll discuss how to manage marketing in times of crisis and examples of how some businesses actually thrive in difficult times. Attend virtually to hear some factual data on what you can do to keep your business top of mind, relevant, and vital to customers today. Two free seminars are offered each day, April 22nd or 24th, and limited space is available. For times and to sign up, go to SalemSurround.com. SalemSurround.com. Worried about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stagerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company-matching component that can provide two or even three-to-one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784-884-1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. I'm Andy Solomon. 5G is here. It's the next generation of wireless network technology, and T-Mobile has the first and only nationwide 5G network. And unlike other wireless providers, T-Mobile is giving 5G access at no extra cost. Tech expert Andrea Smith. If you're looking to upgrade to a 5G phone, the new Samsung Galaxy S20 flagship devices are here. The S20 Plus and the S20 Ultra are the first smartphones in the U.S. that tap into the full potential of 5G. They're available today at T-Mobile with amazing deals. These deals are for everyone, even businesses. Get up to half off the latest Samsung Galaxy smartphones via bill credits with an eligible trade-in or snag a BOGO offer with bill credits when adding a line. And only T-Mobile includes 5G in all of its plans. That means anyone can get two lines starting at just $90 a month plus tax for T-Mobile Essentials with 5G included. For more information, visit T-Mobile.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, a big story today, and one that has the usual uh, suspect's hair on fire, is the decision to put a temporary halt to to all immigration. And what was behind the decision? Well, Tim Murtaugh is the communications director of the Trump 2020 campaign. He put out the press release explaining it uh, to the world. Today, he's also a regular guest on this show every other Tuesday, and he joins us now. Tim, thanks for being here this week. Sure thing, John. Happy to be with you. Uh, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. You know, we're all, we're still uh, working remotely here, as uh, are a lot of people. And yeah. president's campaign rolls on full steam. So am I. So uh, you might hear the dog bark. So let's um, <laughs> let's get the official explanation for why the president made the decision uh, to put a halt to all immigration. Yeah. Oh, well, I want to be clear first of all that the announcement comes from the White House. We we are the political arm in the in the campaign right, right. of the president. So we <clears throat> we were just you know, expressing uh, why we thought it was a good idea coming out of the president. And it's because, yeah. look, he, he's in dealing with the coronavirus situation. He's got two main responsibilities that he's been working very hard on. The first is to protect the health and safety of the American people. And the second is to safeguard the economy and to put a halt on immigration really addresses both of those two things. Uh, first of all, we know that to introduce, continue to introduce immigrants into the workforce 
it, 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 it puts them in competition with Americans who are already now uh, in serious trouble. We know that there are 22 million Americans who have filed for unemployment over the last few weeks. And to just introduce more competition for them would uh, decrease the availability of jobs, actually serve to increase American unemployment, and it would drive down wages to have even more competition. So that's, that's the first thing. And the second thing is it's obviously uh, an additional safety measure because the president does not want additional people coming into this country who have been exposed to or may be uh, carrying the coronavirus. So it really is a common sense approach to this. And you're right, the, the usual suspects have their hair on fire about this, like, like you know, you, you would expect that they would. Uh, but it's just the right thing to do. And, and we know that, that polls show that this is what we call in politics an 80-20 issue. 80% mm-hmm. of Americans see this as just common sense, and it's the right thing to do. And just as is the case at so many times that I've seen over the years, good policy actually makes for good politics. So not only is it the right thing to do, it's also good for the president's campaign, no question of that. Yeah, the, uh, and I have your, your uh, press release right here. Uh, and mm. and the, the last sentence is, the usual suspects are sniping from the sidelines but they have always cared more about scoring political points against the president than they do about anything else. So, And, and they've pulled out the, uh, the racist and xenophobe cards. I played uh, Cecilia Vega's report on ABC just before the break here, before you came on, and uh, she managed to get the word xenophobic in twice in about 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not surprising. Um, <laughs> look, you, you've got to be able to control your borders if you are a nation. There are a variety of nations across the country, across the, the world, rather, uh, who, are, who have who've done similar things. And so, I mean, are all these other nations xenophobic as well, or do they really just care about their, their own citizens? Uh, I would suggest that President Trump is doing this to protect the American people. We know mm-hmm. that, it's, that we're in a very difficult situation jobs-wise in the country because of the coronavirus. And we also know that there is still a threat of the, of the coronavirus still spreading. Other countries don't have it contained. It's still, it's still go, going on and running wild in, in a lot of places. Why on earth, if you cared about the safety of the American people, would you continue to have your doors open and welcome people in when so much is, is unknowable at this point? The president is absolutely right. Every decision he makes is done from the perspective of what's best for America. He doesn't care what the international community thinks of him. He doesn't care about the intelligentsia, and he he certainly doesn't care about the sniping from the press corps. Uh, What he cares about is protecting Americans, and that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, it's interesting because this... The reason that they're so quick to jump on, make it either a racist or a xenophobe uh, issue is because their default position is that Donald Trump is a racist and a xenophobe. So they've made that uh, their default position since before he was elected president. So they apply it to everything. I mean, there's nothing that they can't apply one of those two words to for everything that they disagree with. Well, that's correct. And it also ignores the fact that this is not aimed at any particular country either. This This is a halt to immigration. And so to say that it's racist is really just to ignore the facts. But what, what they're doing is they're just running the same playbook that they had in 2016, and you know how successful they were at that point because their, their goal was to prevent Donald Trump's election in the first place. And they failed, and they obviously, they show it all, over and over again. The national news media and the Democrats have not learned a thing from 2016. They're, they're running out their same old tricks and uh, thinking that people are going to fall for it a second time when they didn't even fall for it the first time. So it's it's ludicrous, and they, their knee-jerk reaction is is to oppose the president regardless of what he does. And this is just a one example. Just take a look at, uh, for example, when uh, the president was talking about uh, the hydroxychloroquine uh, as a, as a potential drug. The president talks about it and says, you know, this drug shows promise. You should, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not dispensing medical advice. You should talk to a doctor, but this drug shows promise. And the media freaks out and says, oh, he's practicing medicine without a license and some other such nonsense. And then Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, he says the same thing. And they say, oh, look at him offering hope to the people. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Ridiculous on its face. And if Obama had done it and said it, it would be the wisdom coming from from on high that, that President Obama cares so deeply about each and every one of us. Um, you know, President Trump took a lot of heat when he 
uh, banned flights from China back on January 31st. Uh, there was some xenophobic um, claims there, too. That turned out to be a pretty good idea, but there seems to be a lot of revisionist history going on with that one, too. You bet. Uh, Joe Biden is chief among the history revisers as well, because Joe Biden strictly called it xenophobic and reactionary. When President Trump restricted flights for, and travel from China, Joe Biden said it was xenophobic. And then when the president expanded that to include Europe, Biden said, hey, look, these travel bans aren't going to accomplish anything. These things don't work. Right. So two months for two months, he had that position. Then he decided, "Uh oh, all the medical experts are saying that that stuff worked. So, uh, hey, uh, I support that stuff is what he, he told CNN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, I always did support that stuff. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's revisionist history. Revisionist history. It's, it's, I don't know how the media lets him get away with it. They're just, he's their guy, right? He's their guy. He, they obviously want him to win. And so they just, they let him get away with that stuff. And it's absurd, but it's so absurd that people can see it happening in real time and know that it's, it's just, it's, it's bogus. Well, Joe Biden did an interview on KDK TV last night. Uh, I don't know if you know that. Um, it aired last night. Uh, and if you go to uh, CBS uh, Local, uh, I guess you go to KDK.com and find it. But uh, the video is preceded, the actual interview with Joe Biden is preceded by an ad, which is a, uh, an, an anti-Trump ad, a Democrat ad. But mm. it includes Donald Trump saying that the coronavirus is a hoax. Of course, it's been... Um, <laughs> You know, right. deceptively edited, but that's been debunked for a long time. And this was last night, uh, Tim, and it and it's uh, it's still there in an ad uh, right here in Pittsburgh, and it's not going away. They're going to keep saying no, that it, no matter what. Yes, and it, it has it has been it has been debunked and called out by various independent fact-checking organizations. And we sent cease and desist letters to all the TV stations carrying it. And we've actually got now a lawsuit in court in uh, Wisconsin over that very thing. And I think all TV stations who are running that ad should be paying attention to that lawsuit. Uh, because the, what, the, what the truth is, the president never, ever, one time, uttered the sentence that appears in that ad. They took two separate parts of different sentences from, from wide apart different portions of a speech, edited them together, and created a brand new sentence that the president never said. It's amazing. What he was talking about, of course, on the heels of the Russia hoax, and on the heels of the Ukraine nonsense and, and the sham impeachment, and then the way that they were criticizing his approach to fighting the coronavirus, that, that was the hoax. Their criticism is this the third thing that they've been using against him. It's their new hoax, is what he said. He never one time said that the virus itself was a hoax. It is an absolute lie. It's manufactured from two different parts of a speech that were a minute apart. They weren't even related to each other in the speech, and they slapped them together, turn it into a sentence that he never said, and put it in an ad and expect people to believe it. And so, you know, we're, we're doing what we can, but these people, this is the way that they intend to beat the president because it's the, the, the only way that they can really see a way clear to be him is that they have to lie and actually make things up. It's fiction. It never occurred. Well, um, your grandfather, who, if, in case people, when we're talking to Tim Murtaugh, and his grandfather uh, is uh, Danny Murtaugh, managed the Pirates to a couple of World Series wins. Uh, your, your, your grandfather spent a lot of time here in Pittsburgh being second guest. That's kind of the life mm -hmm. of a big league manager. But yeah. how hard is it for you to keep up with the second guessing on this, uh, on President Trump's response to the Wuhan virus? Because he gets a well, lot of that, too, and he can't win without oh, it. He gets a ton of that, and and uh, you know we. But the, the the ultimate revenge on all this is going to be election day, uh, November third, and and that's where everything really. That's where the rubber really meets the road on this. You know, the, when you're a major league manager, I guess you get second guessed in the sports pages, and the fans second guess you, and uh, so that that's just kind of goes with the territory. And it's very similar to politics, that you know, there's always going to be the opposition, and they're never going to give up. You know, they'll never stop. They're trying to win too, and. They have to turn to underhanded tricks to do that, and we just have to stay vigilant and, and keep fighting every single day. And that's, that's largely what my job is, is to is just keep fighting every day and push back on all that stuff and appear on great shows like yourselves and make sure that people understand what the truth is. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a long fight. We've got about six and a half months to go, and, uh, you know, we're, we're ready. Well, lots of celebrities did a benefit on national TV over the weekend for the uh, World Health Organization. Uh, what are the chances of, of that happening if President Trump had asked them to do that or if he had spoken positively about the WHO? 
Uh, I, I would say none. There would be no chance yeah. of that. But they, look, the president has really been critical of the WHO with good reason and uh, in, intends to suspend the American funding. We, we pay most of the bill uh, for the WHO like we do for a lot of international things like NATO and the United mm-hmm. Nations, things like that. And what did we get out of this? When, when China uh, lied to the world and concealed key, key information about the origins of the coronavirus, the WHO was in cahoots with them and ran cover for them at the time. And so, you know, the two of them together, the Chinese communists and the WHO, owe a really, really detailed explanation to the world about why it was that they lied and concealed things uh, for so long and really at the most vital period at the very beginning because you know, one, once one of these things gets out and starts to grow, it's really hard to reel it back in. And I think you see the entire world is grappling with that now. And so, yeah, and, and then naturally, I think it was a reaction, actually. It's a Hollywood and entertainment industry reaction to what the president said. If the president had not said that, I bet you they wouldn't have had that big old fundraiser. But because no, this is just, just what the media does. If Trump attacks it, they have to defend it. And it's called the World Health Organization, and anything with a name like that they like without any investigation whatsoever, because it must be good. It's for the world. Sure. Um, and the leader of uh, it is a known, a known communist and, and an ally right. of China, <laughs> and they helped sponsor him to become the leader of the WHO. So it's all very incestuous there with the Chinese. It's no wonder that happened. Now, i got a little bit over a minute left. Uh, when this uh, coronavirus fiasco is behind us, or at least calm down, what should people expect from the president on the U.S. Uh, relationship with China? Where's he headed with that? Well, well, you know, he's still involved with them on the trade negotiations, and he stood up to them and got them to the negotiating table when no other president was ever able to do that before. And he he expects, I think, an, a strong explanation from the Chinese about what happened and why they lied and all that. He does have a good relationship with President Xi, and, uh, you know, he would like to try to maintain that. But at the same time, you know, he, he says this over and over again. He's not President Trump. He's not president of the world. He doesn't necessarily care what the rest of the world thinks of him. He's president of the United States. That's his job, and that's what he's doing. And he's going to protect the American people. And if, if it means holding China to account, that's what he's going to do. Hey, Tim, I'm out of time. Uh, see you in two weeks. Who knows what we'll be talking about then. Anything yeah. can happen. Thanks. Yeah, the world, world changes pretty fast. Thanks, John. All right, thank you. And that's Tim Murtaugh. He is the communications director for the Trump 2020 campaign, and we will be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Congress has reached a tentative agreement with President Trump on a nearly $500 billion coronavirus relief bill. The measure would replenish a small business rescue program, provide hospitals with another $75 billion, and implement a nationwide virus testing program to facilitate reopening the economy. The president has announced his support, saying he'll sign the bill if it passes both chambers. Most of the funding, more than $300 billion, would go to boost a small business payroll loan program that ran out of money last week. The Senate expected to pass that bill within the hour. Oil prices continuing to collapse, inflicting more damage on stock markets around the world as shutdowns related to the coronavirus pandemic bring economies to a halt. The Dow fell 631 points today. The Nasdaq was off 297. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. 
Most of us didn't see this coming. In fact, we've been stunned as we watch it unfold. America's young people have become so indoctrinated that more than half of them now think socialism is a good idea. How did this happen? We weren't paying attention. All the nation's schools taught this confounding ideology to our kids. Now those kids are adults. Now they want to fundamentally change the way America works. This radio station exists to educate and to return this country to the way it was founded. We have a country to save. Keep listening to find out how. AM 1250, the answer. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus, so we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. This is John Samick. I'm the owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. As we battle the coronavirus, Service Master follows all CDC guidelines for social interaction. Our mission is to protect your home and business. Man, the yellow van. Service Master. This is John Samick. I'm the owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. We follow all CDC guidelines as we continue to provide essential services to homes and businesses, including fire and water damage restoration. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. We're all looking for TV shows to fill all the time we have on our hands these days, and here's a show that you can watch with your family. It's No Safe Spaces, starring Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla, the number one political documentary of 2019. It's all about how our foundational American values have come under attack, especially on college campuses. Hollywood doesn't want you to see this movie. You won't find it on Netflix, but it's now available for a limited time at nosafespaces.com. It's No Safe Spaces at nosafespaces.com. Enter Save 25, get 25% off. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. I'm 5'11". Barely 5'4". I weigh about 170 pounds. Brown eyes. Blue eyes. Brown hair. Gray hair. I'm a baseball fanatic. I'm a wife. A mom. A sister. And a grandfather. I'm a bodybuilder. I'm a research analyst. Small business owner. Teacher. Dance fitness instructor. Film and television actor. I'm an office clerk. I'm a copywriter. I'm a veteran. I have a prosthetic leg. I have multiple sclerosis. I have lupus. Cerebral palsy. Post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm blind. And I'm working in a job I love. I love. Because I was given a chance. Because I was given a chance. To contribute my skills and talents. To show my disability is only one part of who I am. Who I am. Who I am. At work, it's what people can do that matters. For more information, visit whatcanyoudocampaign.org. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the turnpike, some eastbound side construction in the left lane between Butler Valley and Pittsburgh, Monroeville. The early June Forward Avenue shut down with some road work between Commercial Street and Beaumont Lane. Outbound Penn Avenue in Wilkinsburg, that's closed for some railroad overpass repairs between Penwood Avenue and Sawyer Way. Lower Road Eye Road Bridge replacement through early July between Penn Center Boulevard and 22. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Clear and cold for tonight, low 27. Sunshine and some clouds chilly tomorrow, high 49. Wednesday night, clouds breaking with a shower in spots, low 40. Thursday, cloudy with periods of rain in the afternoon, high 59. Friday, a shower to start, otherwise clouds with a high 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Now, we spent a lot of time on this show talking about uh, some strange and disturbing things that go on on lots of college campuses, and we talk about the costs to send the kid to, to one of those. And uh, did you know that there's a billion-dollar black hole of money that universities are getting from foreign countries? And it's not necessarily coming from countries friendly with the United States. Ryan Morrow of the Clarion Project is here with the numbers. Ryan, thanks for being here. 
Thanks so much for having me. So first, what is the Clarion Project, before we get to what you found out here? Sure. So Clarion Project is a nonprofit that studies extremist influence coming into the United States and how to combat it. And so this controversy, this growing controversy about foreign funding of colleges and universities was obviously at the top of our list, because if you can indoctrinate college students, then you indoctrinate an entire generation. So I was surprised to see several months ago that uh, Carnegie Mellon University here in Pittsburgh has a branch campus in Qatar. And you point out that it's a common thing. Why would CMU have a branch uh, um, campus there, and what good does it do them? Well, the answer they would give you is that, well, this is for diversity and international experience for students, but it's Qatar. And for people that don't know, Qatar is a state sponsor of terrorism and extremism. They're like the mega bank, the Bank of America for extremism around the world right now. Uh, so they have another agenda because everything that drives them right now is, is that ideology. And what we're finding is not just at that school, but at schools across the country, uh, co- colleges that are getting money from Qatar, a lot of them aren't declaring it, even though by law, that's what you have to do. And there are professors getting money from terror-linked organizations in Qatar, and that doesn't have to be declared as part of the public disclosure, so nobody knows about it unless you investigate it. And so we're just at the tip of the iceberg. To give you an idea of the overall problem, we did a study where we went through all of the publicly declared disclosures, and we found that there was $10 billion that flowed from foreign countries to U.S. schools from 2012 until, like, the end of 2018 or early 2019, and that doesn't include billions of dollars that was not declared. So, so which countries are we talking about? You got uh, Qatar, you got Saudi Arabia, uh, Russia, China. I mean, <laughs> these aren't friendly countries to the United States necessarily. Right, right. So they're getting something out of it, right? That's what you have to assume because these are not countries that care about the education of American students or student debt. It's sure as hell not going to American student debt, I can tell you that. But it's mm-hmm. going towards specific programs, in some cases to fund professors. And if you look at the way they treat their own people, obviously they don't. this isn't done as a charitable human rights thing. There's a, a return on investment that these hostile countries are getting. And so when you look at the list of foreign donors and you see that it's adversaries of the United States as opposed to allies, then you know something very subversive is happening. So like you said, it's Qatar, it's China, which is directly and openly funding like propaganda and spy bases on college campuses, Russia, Saudi Arabia, basically every bad actor on the world stage. And so uh, you mentioned that, that they, they might actually be send, they are sending money directly to a college professor. So if, if I'm a professor at Carnegie Mellon, uh, might I get a check from Qatar? in the mail or uh, and what would yep. that be for and what would they be expecting in return well everything that gets funded is with this very broad pleasant sounding program terminology so it'll be like for a media study program or some type of industrial or or technological enterprise something like that um, but more and more we're seeing professors that actually <laughs> have gotten arrested in recent months for failing to disclose this money um, and having suspicious ties to foreign governments, especially China. The, the case that I'm referring to with that one professor at Northwestern University, we saw that the Northwestern University was getting hundreds of millions of dollars from Qatar, which they had to declare. And according to the public press releases coming from Qatar and the school, this money was going so that students could help Al Jazeera, the premier terror propaganda network in the world, expand in Qatar. So you had students getting Qatari money to help a terror propaganda network expand, even in the United States to expand. In addition to that, what we found, and again, this is separate from those public disclosures, one of the professors at Northwestern University who's tweeting out happy 9-11 with all these anti-American things, we looked at his bio, and it turned out that he had gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars and from grants from the Qatar Foundation, which is essentially part of the Qatari government, and it's linked to terrorists. So if your jaw dropped that the public disclosures were going through, think about how many professors are getting money from the same places that are not part of those disclosures. And it didn't take long for us to find one 
horrible example there with Northwestern University. And so, so how much money are we talking about for individual schools? I mean, uh, and who's getting the most? How much money might a, might someone be expecting to get? And is it over one per, one year, or that you found, or did you do over multiple years? Uh, I mean, we found going back to 2012. You're talking about millions and millions of dollars. Some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, there's some schools that are actively under investigation by the education department. So Harvard University is under investigation because they didn't report any of their foreign donations for four years in a row. And it's believed that's a minimum of $375 million. Um, the, the list of schools, and we've made this public, that you can find at the Clarion Project website, uh, is, I mean, it's just across the country. And according to the education department, Less than 300 of the schools, and there's 6,000 total in the United States, even bothered to report this money, despite the fact that they legally have to. So it's astonishing. Uh, China, if you look at the billion dollars that we found that was not declared um, when it was supposed to be, we found about $144 million was not declared by 48 universities. And, And this is the black hole you're talking about. That money just disappeared and, and uh, nobody knows where it is. Right. So the education department calls this the black hole, meaning we don't know really the purposes because you just have to legally declare the amount. Most schools don't even bother doing that. But even if you know the amount, you don't know how it's being distributed. You don't know so much about it. You just know that the transaction happened. Uh, and these adversaries of the United States have to be getting something out of it. We know what China's getting out of it because they have over a hundred of what they call Confucius Institutes yeah. on campuses mm-hmm. across the country. Those are spy bases and propaganda bases. That's what the Chinese government tells us about Confucius Institutes. Yeah, and, and I want to talk to, you, uh, talk to you about that because um, I was not aware of the Confucius Institute until just a few, several weeks ago. And I saw that the University of, I'm pretty sure the University of Pittsburgh has uh, one there. Um, is that a lot like having a, uh, a college having a Lenin Institute in like 1967, you know, uh, in the middle of the Cold <laughs> War? It. I mean, who, who came up with that as a good idea? I, I understand why the Chinese do it. It's great for them. But what... Who who at a college campus is responsible for saying, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, let's do that, bring them in here? I'm not sure who thought it was a good idea. It sounds as if the impression I get is that the governments like China knew that they could do it and the schools were happy to accept the money, uh, and I guess they got grew addicted to the money uh, and because it's not going to student debt. You know, it's, it's going to the universities for specific programs. Uh, and to the point where they're willing to lie about it. You see, if these schools just didn't declare any of their foreign donations, in a certain way, the excuse of, oh, we forgot to do it, makes more sense. Mm-hmm. But what we're finding is, is that a lot of, the, of what they're failing to report is the hottest, most concerning stuff. <laughs> you know, money coming specifically from the communist regime of China, and then you just happen to not declare millions of dollars. I, I, I mean, call me a cynic, but I feel like that's done on purpose. Yeah, so it's not it's not necessarily that they're they're not reporting the money because they don't want to have to account for the money. They don't want to report where the money came from because they don't want to explain why they would take money from communist China. Is that what you're saying? Right. It's more it's right. more where it's coming from than how much it is and and what they're doing with it. Well, the amount of money is really important because that shows that these adversarial regimes are getting a, a huge return. I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. these governments, like especially you know, Qatar and, and Russia and all of them, they don't have a lot of money to just throw around. They want to spend it on their own selfish lifestyles or their military, but for some reason they're saying, you know where we should spend our money? Where are we getting the biggest return on our investment? It's American schools. Wow. Now, uh, Confucius, I want to get back to the Confucius uh, Institute, because um, what happens there with those and... Um, how does the how does China um, manage to place one in, for example, locally here at the University of Pittsburgh? Um, do they just are they out there selling it to everybody and just seeing who's uh, who's willing to go for it, or are the schools that pursuing sounds, that it? Do you to think? Be the strategy is that yes, it's kind of like an open invitation for treason. Um, if you if yeah. you help the Chinese. Uh, communist Chinese agenda, then you can get all of this money, 
and it'll go towards, you know, publicly, they'll, they'll try to make it sound like it just goes to studying Chinese culture and language, but the Chinese officials openly say, and publicly, that this is for what they call international propaganda battles and soft power. Uh, those are their words, not mine. And Congress has investigated this somewhat and said that the Confucius Institutes are a major national security vulnerability linked to economic espionage and things like that. But once the program starts, the communist regime actually picks guest lecturers, the curriculum that's part of that program, the professors. So it's more than just a check uh, that then the Chinese exploit that program. No, they actually run the program that they're funding through the university. And these are campuses and these are universities uh, where um, conservative speakers are harassed and uh, run off of campus uh, and not given a whole lot of support from these universities that are happy to to have a Confucius Institute on their campus, correct? <laughs> correct. And, and you'll hear them say, schools say, oh, security costs too much for those guest speakers, so you have yeah. to just cancel it. So, uh, you know, apparently that is scary to have someone like Ben Shapiro speak at your college campus, but then getting mm -hmm. money from enemies of the United States who use your college campus for spying and espionage and propaganda um, exportation, uh, somehow that's acceptable. And what's happening now? What, what, what's the future of this? Uh, you write about this. And by the way, we're, we're talking to Ryan Morrow of the Clarion Project. It's uh, Clarion. It's clarionproject.org. You can see the piece. Uh, it's about the black hole of money, millions, billions of dollars, a billion dollars that's uh, been spent to colleges around the country from uh, countries that aren't that uh, aren't the kind of country you really want the United States to be associated with uh, in situations like this. Um, so where's it headed now? I mean, the Education Department is aware of it. Um, there's a Republican administration in the White House, but there's an election in November. Uh, the, the Democrats control the House. Um, how much interest is there in this from the politicians from both sides? And does it vary on who's more interested than the other? Well, there are congressional committees that have done some investigation. So the normal look the other way that I've grown used to is, is not the case when it comes to this. It, it is getting congressional attention and it's getting significant attention from the Education Department, which has actually put out public press releases saying that they're investigating the schools for this. Uh, so that announcement came in June or July. And then shortly after that, a bunch of the schools decided to disclose the foreign money that they were getting that they didn't disclose before. You know, I'm sure it's just an accounting error. And so by comparing those additional disclosures to the ones that happened on time, that's how we were able to look and see, okay, well, what, what was missing? What, were, what are they actually hiding? So the education department, their language about this is one of great concern and also frustration because the way that they talk about these schools not reporting the money despite being legally required to and despite being pressured to do so, uh, you can tell that there's action coming. coming. Uh, we don't know what that is, uh, but it sounds like it's criminal in nature. And according to the education department, before this investigation is even completed, I mean, they're already saying Harvard University broke the law by not declaring about $375 million for four years in a row. They're investigating Georgetown, Texas A&M, a whole bunch of other schools. Um, and they've recovered some, or identified something about, I'm trying to find the exact number, uh, $6.5 billion of omission. So Clarion Project, we were able to find a billion. The Education Department says they're aware of $6.5 billion already. $3.6 of that $6.5 came from just 10 schools. So there's 10 schools that the Education Department is really zeroing in on. Uh, one of them is the University of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Well, these universities, uh, and I have about a minute left here, Ryan, uh, these schools have gigantic endowments. They're charging gigantic amounts of money for tuition. What, uh, and, and there's people running around saying that, uh, you know, that I should pay for another kid's uh, college education now. It should be free for everybody. What are they doing with this money that they have? And then they have, uh, they have $100 million endowments, and they're getting all this money. Where's it all going? And, and, and you know, why is it not helping to reduce the cost of going to the school <laughs> because it's a racket and i say that as someone who was a professor for six years 
Um, okay. And the schools I was working at, you know, I didn't see any unethical behavior, but I learned about, I got a better understanding of what students have to go through. And I did some reading on what, you know, administrators are paid. They're paid an astronomical amount at all these schools. And the percentage of staff that are administrators and people who have retired, I mean, that's increasing. So the money is going to the top of these schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can see why I, I don't blame students for not going to colleges and universities. I think in most cases, it's not worth it. For most students, I actually think it's not worth it. Yeah, they, it goes to the p- pay for the salaries of the people in the diversity and inclusion department. That's where it's headed. Right, um, right. Hey, Ryan, I, I really appreciate you being on. It's the Clarion Project, clarionproject.org. And, and one more thing to look at if you have kids or grandkids uh, looking to go to college. This is the kind of stuff you should want to know about. Ryan, thanks a lot. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, and that's Ryan Morrow, and we will be right back. spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. This is John Stagerwald with some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit windowsarrustpittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. windowsarrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit Seb gorka.com and click on the israel banner that's sebgorka.com s-e-b-g-o-r-k-a.com like the rest of us you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number now there's a solution OurOldNumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through and most live sales calls will hang up so how does it work callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded on to the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. 
Just go to bamboohr.com slash hats. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com slash hats. That's bamboohr.com slash hats. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So I wore a mask for the first time today. Uh, it was the first time I had to go into a place of business since the law went into effect Sunday night. I went in and picked up a sandwich for lunch, and uh, I put my mask on. And I noticed that the, the guys working there, they had masks, but they were not official masks. I had an actual mask mask, but they were wearing, like, bandanas around their faces. And I thought it was kind of interesting, and I told them, and I told them I didn't care, but I just told them that I had just seen somewhere uh, that a, a, a leading ep- epidemiologist had said that those masks that aren't actual medical masks, they are uh, about 2% effective. So the, the guys back there making the, the, um, the uh, sandwiches were only 2% uh, less likely to uh, give me a disease because they had this ridiculous-looking mask on. So now the experts are out there. They want a grocery shopping ban. I don't know if you know that, but they want to have uh, uh, pickup service only, according to Mark Perone. He's the president of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union. Careless customers are probably the biggest threat to grocery store employees. The union said 85% of the grocery store member workers reported that customers are not practicing social distancing in stores. And uh, so they're they're talking now that this is, might be too dangerous to the people working there, and you may be required to may, may not be able to go into a supermarket now and uh, do your shopping. Even if you have a mask on, you will only be able to get your food uh, delivered to you at the curb or delivered to you at your home. Now here, I don't know. You know, look, it's and who knows. Everybody has opinions on this, and almost nobody is a doctor. But um, if this is the case. That it's dangerous for for supermarket and grocery workers. We keep hearing about how you know what a tough thing it is for them, and I'm not saying it's not that they're not out there being exposed. My question is, could somebody present some numbers on the num on the uh, numbers of um, grocery workers who are coming down with a disease, either either uh, sh- po- testing positive, showing symptoms, being hospitalized, dying? All those numbers. Could somebody please put together a good list of uh, all those things and how many people uh, working in this in the grocery business are are suffering from uh, this disease and the uh, the lack of safety? I have a feeling there aren't that many. We'll find out. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.